All right. Welcome back to the next episode of our podcast that we have yet to name, but we will eventually do that. We're getting closer. Yeah, we are getting closer. We were toying around with a, a couple of things. Mike, it's been a while, man. It's been like about 30 seconds since we ended the last podcast. How are you doing? I'm still doing really good. Uh, that's good. It's 30 it's, seconds closer to heading out with my wife. There you yeah. go. <laughs> it's it's kind of a weird feeling that like I, I know people will be listening to this and there'll be days between when we release this. But for us, it we just finished the other the other episode. The so weather hasn't changed. That's right. No more trucks are coming into the parking lot that I know of. I hope not. So anyway, if you're joining us in, in this podcast, I hope you heard the last episode because we talked about kind of the concepts of missionalism and what, what missionalism is, or just essentially just living on mission for the gospel in our local communities. Uh, right now, Mike, I actually, I kind of wanted to jump into the idea of what it looks like or what, I guess, a missional life looks like. How does that play out? And so I know you've done some things, I've done some things, and I don't think we need to say that this is how you do it, but I think people can take some cues from it. As a matter of fact, actually, I was going to ask you, like, are there some mentors or pastors that you've watched them be intentional about sharing the gospel, being missional, that you have uh, taken some cues from? I know I have, and uh, I'll, I'll share a story later about uh, Ted Cotton, mm-hmm. but I was wondering if you... If you had anything. Yeah, I had a great mentor when I was going uh, to my undergraduate at University of Washington. Um, I remember my first semester there, I met a guy there who's a campus pastor. His name's Greg DiLoretto. And uh, actually uh, had a giant, giant goatee. This thing was probably a foot long. Jeez, I'm he'd, jealous. He'd braid that thing sometimes. And uh, it was actually red, like me, red haired. <laughs> uh, and he was actually, now that I think about it, he's actually maybe a height wise between Vinny and I. And oh. so like, uh, man, he, and he, he's such a godly man. He, he pastors up North and, uh, he lived so intentionally for the gospel Yeah, in, in some wonderful ways. He, uh, he included me in his life. Lots of young men, he just included in his life. And so lived a lot. It was so a lot of discipleship, right? Yeah. But in that, his encouragement to, to share the gospel, to learn how to share the gospel, to be relational as I share the gospel. Mm-hmm. As, as he lived the life, he would share the gospel with people and we'd be meeting in the hub, having coffee or, or a meal. It just flew out or flowed out of him so naturally. Yeah. And so I learned so much watching him. And at the same time, I remember one time I was sitting actually at UW in the, in the, the student building, union building. And this, uh, this guy, maybe a little bit older than me dressed literally in a three piece suit comes up to me with the biggest cheesiest smile ever. And he says, I've got great news for you. And it was, it lacked relationship completely. Yeah. And he actually, he shared the gospel with me, but it was, it was completely canned. It was like so rehearsed. Yeah. It was actually off putting to me as someone who actually was a believer in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I remember just looking at him and saying, look, man, you, you don't have to try to sell me the gospel. Yeah. You, you don't have to package it in a way that you're a salesman. If you're real, if, if you actually care about me, if you actually yeah. engage me and listen to me, you will get so much further <laughs> as you try to share the gospel with people. And, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I put Greg in one category and this other guy in another and just see the difference yeah. and the difference it made in my life. You made a statement earlier. I wrote it down. It says uh, it flowed out naturally and those are the things that I have really appreciated about, I guess, the mentors and the examples I've seen in my life. You talked about, uh, you know, putting together a uh, like a sales package. Do I, I don't know. I, 
you, the church you're from wasn't classically Southern Baptist, right? Like it's not a Southern Baptist church. It became a Southern Baptist church or it's affiliated. Okay. It's affiliated. Are you familiar with the faith outline? I've, I've been introduced to it since I've been at Valley. Okay. Okay. So like this was the big evangelical push in the early two thousands and the church I, I, I grew up in was really big on getting people to take these classes to learn how to share your faith, which I get. It. It's like the Romans road or the ABCs. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a good outline to, to understand like how to share the gospel. But I mean, it, it was really big on, uh, the first, first like one oh one was learning the faith outline. One oh two was dealing with like apologetics questions. One oh three oh one is something else, and there was like a four oh one class. But eventually, it just felt like a sales pitch. You literally were encouraged, and I, I did a lot of this: go door to door, share the gospel, and it always just felt forced and offensive because, I mean, it's two thousand nineteen. People, it's you don't go to people's homes unannounced. It's just really uncomfortable nowadays. And it did feel like a sales pitch every time. See, it leaves out one of the most important ingredients when it comes to sharing the gospel, listening. Yeah, yeah. Right. If, if we are just a talking mouthpiece, it's there are moments where, where God opens that door and you share, right? Yeah. But if that's the only way we go about it, then it's, then it's canned, it's not relational. And Jesus was highly relational. Yeah. I mean, think about his discipleship of, of the 12 disciples, three years, day after day, spending time with them, teaching them, giving them assignments, coaching them, giving them examples, correcting them. And, and our evangelism, again, came out of that naturally. Mm-hmm. They saw him do it. They saw him relate to people. They saw him relate to them. And they carry that yeah. into the next generation of disciples. And I, I love that. So, so that was like a negative experience. One thing that I have loved, I, I used to go out to lunch with uh, Ted Cotton. Uh, oftentimes he's like, you know, was our patriarch of the church and stuff. And, and this, this is not unique to him, but he, he did it in a way that it always resonated with me, but we would go out to lunch and every time we had like a server or something, he would stop, he would chat with them. He would ask them, he would learn their name, which is, you know, I, I see a lot of pastors do, but then he would stop to ask, you know, Hey, is there anything we're about to pray for our meal? Is there anything I can like pray, be praying about for you? And the first step I always thought like, that's like a little weird to me, but that's, that's cool that you're being intentional about prayer. But what I loved about this actually wasn't that instance. It was always what would happen the next time we would have a meal at that place that he would remember yeah. that person's name and he would remember what we prayed about for them. And he would follow up with them. And every time he did that, every time he did that, this, these, these servers just lit up because I think for them, maybe I, I, I'm not in their position, but I would imagine that I think they were, they felt like a human being that someone saw not just service, but they saw actual hurt or pain and someone actually extended care in those moments. And oftentimes people would be like, Oh, thank you so much for praying. But and they would update him. And, there would be these moments with, where Ted would have the opportunity to just share hope and share Jesus in one of the most natural ways to share with it. And what I loved I, when I realized was like he was being intentional. Mm-hmm. He was being intentional and living his life at the same time, just living his life. But in the moment where there was an opportunity, he would remember this person. He would commit it to memory. He would commit what was going on in this person's life and then follow up with that. Genuine, authentic care with a, with a desire if God opens the door to share the gospel, yeah. that, that's awesome. That's, and actually it's from that, I took that cue because I, I find when I, 
when I hang out with people outside the church and every now and then uh, people, you'll have these quiet moments when someone does share something that's happening in their life, they'll share it with a group of people. And everyone's like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like, you know, sending you good vibes or whatever it is that people want to say. And I'll, I'll hear it and I, I'll, I'll, I'll note it. And in about a week or two, I'll follow up and be like, hey, I have been praying for this situation in your life. How is this going? And what I've learned is that when people, when we follow up with people like that, when we genuinely have been praying for them and caring for them, it, it opens up so many opportunities to build a relationship that they actually appreciate and that I can share Jesus or insights from scripture that doesn't feel force fed. It doesn't sound, it doesn't feel as offensive. It doesn't sound offensive at all. really just sharing wisdom. And that's been, I learned that from, from Ted and other pastors that I've watched do that. And that's been such an amazing thing for me uh, in my practice, I guess, in, in being missional. So based on that, then, um, since we've talked about some people that we've taken cues from, Mike, what are, I guess, what are you doing to be intentional, to be missional here in the, in the city of Cowlitz County or Longview? Yeah. And again, a lot of it is just, you look up and you see, where am I connecting? And right. so because I'm connecting here, this is where I invest. And so right now it, it's a lot of little league softball stuff we're doing. And so I get to coach kids. And so when I coach, I, I do a few things. First of all, I, I work hard to mm-hmm. know kids' names, like practice one. I have every kid's name memorized. And then also I try, it's a little bit more difficult, but to learn parents' names. I spend a lot of time on the field with kids, so I don't always get to interact with parents. Yeah. But I try to do that. And and then w- when I coach kids, I try to aim them at life lessons. And it's not really, it, I try to be really careful not to preach, but it's, it's big life principles that help kids succeed beyond the field. So we talk about things like how attitude's everything. And that's a theme for every team I coach. And, okay. and then that gets applied to their schoolwork, that gets applied to them in their chores, that gets applied to them when they have to deal with their parents, things like that. And I let parents know this is what I'm doing. And so parents have this backdrop. I'm actually helping parents become better parents and helping kids become better kids and becoming an influence in the influence in their life for a really positive change. Right. So little things like that, honestly, they, they end up earning me a lot of respect of people yeah, and desire of people in terms of when things are difficult. So I, I get to pray with people because they know I'm a pastor because mm-hmm. they know I'm positive and encouraging and, and aiming at something good for them and providing something good for them. So I will have people ask me for prayer and it's really special when that happens and they share things that are really big just because I'm a coach. And so that's, that's one of the ways I go about it. Right. Um, another is literally trying to do the little things. And so yeah. I, I posted about this last night on, on Instagram, but Jackson, uh, who edits our audio, he came yeah. to the softball fields last night and he was going to watch a game and mm-hmm. he got there early and I was there early. Literally there's like maybe one other person at the fields. Okay. And, and I get there early cause I, I rate the fields, which people hate doing. I, I, kind of hate doing. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I clean the fields. I line the fields. I prep things. I pick up trash, all of these little servant things that honestly, I don't know who even notices. I don't know if anyone does cause I'm doing right. it before anyone's even there, but all of these little things that I really do believe doing the hard things, doing the little things, doing the right things that they earn me that respect mm-hmm. so that, that I'm viewed as an influencer. I'm viewed as someone who's trustworthy. And because I'm trustworthy, they're those opportunities when I have to share the gospel, they come across as a conversation and it's positive. It's not this antagonistic, let me shove something at you. It's, it's really, it's just an open conversation. 
I'm kind of hearing kind of a, a, a formula almost. And so what, I'm, what I've just heard is you have, you have an interest that you just have an interest and that is softball or sports or something mm-hmm. like that, which coming along with that comes a community of people who are based on that same interest. Yeah. Then you are intentional that you, you serve, but you also serve in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. knowing that this builds credibility. It, it, it extends, it builds relationships and you're there knowing that you want to connect there, or at least there's a part of you that wants to connect these people in, in this community with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's, <clears throat> that's principally what the missional life is. It's right. I think it's often taught that the great commission is as you go, mm-hmm. right. As you go living your life, preach to Jesus. And so I don't think in college, in college, they, uh, they were really, when we, when we learned about missionalism, it was really big on, uh, people saying like, you know, I become all things to all people. And so people would go to these extremes to become people who they were not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try to reach, win people to the Lord. I, I just, I don't think, I think they're missing the point in that. I think it's, it's about realizing that we are, we are the conduit that connects the lost to the Lord, that the Lord uses us in, in that vessel. But it seems that we, that God wants to use our natural inclinations to reach people that we wouldn't reach otherwise or that as a church wouldn't reach otherwise. Cause I, I don't do baseball or, or softball, but you, you do. And so you're a missionary amongst mm-hmm. the, the people. Um, for me, I, I've, I've become very passionate about health and fitness. And, and, uh, as I joined a CrossFit gym two years ago, like that's, that's become a huge opportunity for me. Like I, I went there because I wanted to take care of myself. I, it was a theological thing for me. Like I needed to be a steward of my body. But as I was there, it, there was opportunities to serve, to connect and to minister and to point people towards the Lord. And that's been a huge opportunity for me. And that's, I have loved that. I love working with people outside of the church and giving them a chance to, or having a chance to speak hope and speak life into, into what's, what's going on in their, their situation. And it comes from the same thing. Here's a principle or here's an interest that I have, but I do this in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, as the father has sent me, so I send you. So I think these principles, they fall out of following Jesus, right? Because yeah. Jesus was sent. And how does he send? He sent relationally. He sent as a servant. He sent to be among people, right? He sent to speak truth. Mm-hmm. He sent to offer grace. This is how Jesus operated. And the more and more we read the scripture, read the gospel, see Jesus do this. And the more and more we strive to, with the, the help of the spirit, live that way. Yeah. Again, is it hard? Maybe. Yeah. Is, is it challenging? Is there growth? Yeah. But yeah. It, it's actually so good and so right and so real. As you were talking, I was just thinking about, so we, we talked about some pretty physical things that bring people together, but being missional and, and, and impacting different tribes, it's, it's, it's so much wider than that. I, I think about nerds because I, I think right now about, uh, there's a group of people that I know that are meeting for, um, for Pathfinder, which is essentially like an old, a version of Dungeons and Dragons, right? And we can get into whether or not that's very Christian or not later at another time. But what I love is that there is a gentleman that I know 
who is the game master and he writes the stories that they're a part of that these people are playing. And he, he interweaves gospel, the, the gospel narrative and all the stories. So these people who don't know Jesus, they're actually learning a lot of the gospel and he does this to serve them. And those, and he does this in the name of Christ that he wants to connect with people. And that's, these are people who would never go to, I, I don't want to, paint with a broad brush, but ah, maybe nerds who, who wouldn't go to the gym or play sports. That's their interest. Right. And he's gone intentionally out to connect with people like this Mm -hmm. so that he can point them to the Lord. Again, an interest that he does in the name of Christ to reach people who would not be reached otherwise. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know. Missions seems encouraging. I, if there was, if there was a listener now who felt this, this draw, and again, I want to live intentionally. I want to be missional. What would you encourage them to do, I guess? Yeah, so step one, read through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Like intentionally read through and, and look at how Jesus interacts with people. Start there. Okay. Every time we, every time we engage the scripture will grow, mm-hmm. right? If, if we have a, a humble heart, a willingness to grow, a willingness to learn, a willingness to submit to God's ways, go, go read the word of God and, and see what happens. Right. And then I'd say, look, look, just look around. Maybe you don't have uh, an affinity like CrossFit or um, tabletop games or something like that, yeah. but guess what? You have neighbors. Yeah. And you know what? The easiest thing to do is, is invite your neighbors over for dinner have a, every Friday, open up your house and invite whatever neighbors want to come and yeah. just start having conversations and building friendship. That's one of the simplest ways to, to change your community, yeah. to live on mission, right? So start looking for some of that. Maybe partner with someone else in the church. Say, hey, let's do this uh, Friday night dinner and let's do it together because doing it alone is hard, but doing it together is fun. And so partner with someone, begin begin it that way. Um and if you don't know where to start, and if you really are like, I, I, I read the gospels, I look at my neighbors, I, I don't know what to do. If you're scared, I would say, reach out to your pastor. I mean, if you're part of Valley, reach out to us. If you're part of another church, reach out to your pastor. If you're not part of a church, l- let's get you connected with one. So message in and, and we can point you to a good spot. But uh, having that community around you, having some coaching, having some shepherding, that's where I would start if I were you. That's... That's powerful. You, you outlined essentially biblical hospitality, just having people over. Mm-hmm. And, uh, recently I've gotten really into mowing my yard. I guess I'm 30 now. And, uh, and no, I, 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 anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm meeting more and more of my neighbors yeah. as of late. And we're just having the greatest conversations yeah. about like pH levels and like Kentucky bluegrass and like just like what's the proper height to cut grass and stuff. And, and as we do that, just opportunities come up like, Hey, you know, what do you do? Like, Oh, actually I'm a pastor over here. And, and, uh, we, we talk and stuff and just connecting with people and just finding these opportunities to connect, to, to laugh and to smile and to yeah. share an interest. And then just, yeah, it, I think what you just outlined is, uh, it doesn't have to be these grand steps. It's just these small, consistent, moments where you can just take an opportunity when it presents itself. And if you pray for opportunities, God is so faithful to give yeah. them, right? Like he will give you opportunities. One of the scariest prayers you can pray is God, give me an opportunity to, to be a missionary because God delivers. And then you have to make the choice. Am I actually going to step into that relationship? Am I going to step into that community or not? But 
but read the gospels and, and ask God, say, God, give me opportunity and, and see what happens. Following Jesus, this is where the adventure comes in. Yeah. It's not stale. It's not stagnant. It's not like I sit and twiddle my thumbs. Following Jesus is about lives being changed, your life and others' lives. You, you pray that prayer and you willingly enter into it. And it's, it's a ride. You just reminded, like, I just had this aha moment, this brain blast. So we actually encourage people uh, to sign up for Pray for Every Home. Yeah. And I just realized how crazy it would be because uh, I'm finally, you know, out meeting my neighbors. If I was just out mowing my yard and then I met one of the people I have been praying for. So that's that would be awesome to finally put a face to the name and to see the guy, how God has brought this person into my life and start connecting with them. Uh, Mike, we're, we're, we're coming up to a close here. Actually, could you take a moment to talk about pray for every home and what that is and how powerful of a tool that is? It's a, it's a cool tool. And what it does is it, you, you sign up online, pray for every home.org is what I think it is. I, yeah. And, uh, and it's the number four. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the, uh, the, the episode description Perfect. so you can click on it. And, Every day, it sends you the list of five neighbors. And so over 20 days, you get uh, 100 of your neighbors, the 100 closest neighbors in proximity. And this is just based off of postal records, things like that. Yeah. Just kind of like accounts, public domain like that, yeah. is what it is. And uh, you get the name of these, these neighbors. And every day, you pray for five neighbors. And you pray for those opportunities. You pray for the gospel opportunities. You pray that you can meet them. You pray that you could serve them. And there actually gives you prayer cues. Like here, here's a way to be praying. Yeah. And then at the end of 20 days, the list repeats. And so we've been doing this. It will be a year this summer where, where we've been praying for people. And, and I, I man, I should have brought the numbers. I can ask uh, one of our elders manages it, but yeah. um, we, we can give numbers of how many times people have been prayed for and, and again, this is just, we know our neighbors' names now. We're looking for opportunities to meet them. And again, when we meet them, we're not, oh, well, I've been praying for you. Let me share the gospel. No, it's, hey, uh, tell me about your life. Hey, yeah. you want to come have dinner? But and, and just start there and be a friend. And again, the Lord will open the door in his way. He's really faithful to do that. Yeah, I think praying for your neighbors and being out there and having that mindset is what opens the door to you to finally see our homes as tools that we can practice hospitality and reconnect with people as opposed to my, my attitude for the longest time has been like, this is my, this is my castle. And like, here's my moat. You stay out there. <laughs> I'm in a safe space, safe place in here. And that this is starting to change my attitude towards, towards that. I'd actually give a book plug, a short book. I think it's just over hundred pages or so. It's called the simplest way to change the world. Okay. And I don't remember the author's names off the top of my head. It's uh, I'll put that in the description as well, but yeah, it's, it's, just how do you use your home as a ministry tool to change the world? Right. And, uh, really inspiring book. Great, great tool. So maybe someone could start there too. Yeah. All right, Mike, we are coming up on time. Uh, we are at 20 minutes right here and I know you'd like to go spend some time with your wife. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I, I am excited to share that we actually have our first letter. Yeah. But I think we'll uh, we'll we'll use that the next time we get together to record. Mike, do you have any closing uh, thoughts that you'd like to share, or anything you'd like to remind people of? You know, this is this is the call to, yeah. to live like Jesus for the purposes of Jesus, and this is why I, I'm I get so excited about Valley's mission statement. Right, it says we are gospel driven to build strong families to serve our local community and to change the world. So today we're talking about this idea of serving our local community, engaging in those tribes for for the purpose of God. And uh, I just can't wait to hear some, some of what people are doing as they listen to this.
Yeah. Honestly, we'd love to hear from you what it is that you're doing or maybe maybe ways we could be praying for your outreach. Um, if you want to connect with us here, um, you have if you're part of our church, you probably already have our contact information. Uh, the, the first letter that I actually received came from Facebook Messenger. So you can you can always write in that way. But we actually have an official uh, email right now. It's just podcast at vcflongview.org. If people want to write in uh, with questions or maybe topics or even just stories they'd like to just share and we could just discuss those things. So uh, anyway, um, I have been Andrew and you have been Mike. Until next time. Yeah. All right. Have a great evening. I'm assuming you're listening to this in the evening. Bye.